Welcome, listeners, to the next chapter of Southern Grimoire. I'm your host, K.D. Burr. One of my earlier episodes, and one of my most successful, was about the strange creatures and cryptids of my home state, Oklahoma. In this chapter of the Grimoire, I thought it might be fun to expound upon that subject, and I'd like to start with my very favorites, aquatic cryptids. There is a long and well-documented history of sightings when it comes to monsters of the deep. While many might scoff at the idea, I find it perfectly reasonable to assume that the vast darkness of open water holds many secrets, and these historical sightings support my view. Norwegian missionary Hans Eged, who was traveling to Greenland in 1734, recorded a terrifying encounter in his notes. As his ship traveled through the Davis Strait, out of nowhere, an enormous beast propelled itself out of the water. It raised itself so high above the water, Eged wrote. Its head reached above our main top. It had a long, sharp snout and blew like a whale. It had broad, large flappers and the body was, as it were, covered with a hard skin. The crew was stunned and terrified, and watched as the sea creature dived back into the ocean, flinging its massive tail up out of the water. In 1848, the crew of the HMS Daedalus, en route from the East Indies to England, spotted a sea serpent at least 60 feet in length swimming a few yards ahead of the ship. They were off the coast of Africa when the men first noticed the creature, rapidly approaching the boat. The captain of the Daedalus wrote a detailed statement to the lords of the Admiralty, describing what they had witnessed. An enormous, undulating, snake-like thing, with head and shoulders kept about four feet constantly above the surface of the sea. The captain estimated the creature's head to be roughly 16 inches in diameter, with some kind of mane running down its neck and back. A more famous cryptid makes his home in Lake Champlain, which links the states of New York and Vermont with Canada. Affectionately known as Champ, one of the first documented sightings of this elusive monster took place in 1878. A group of friends were enjoying the lake, out on a small yacht, when they saw a most unusual creature rising suddenly out of the water. One of the men described it as having two large folds just behind its head, and at some distance, about 50 feet or more behind, he saw two or more folds at what was apparently the tail. Countless sightings quite similar to this one have been reported for decades, with the most recent being in July of this year, near the mouth of the Winooski River. The sighting was caught on video and clearly shows a large, unusually shaped object breaking the surface of the water. Many are convinced that it's Champ, or one of his descendants, but you'll have to watch it and judge for yourself. Even more famous than Champ is, of course, Nessie, the elusive monster of Scotland's Loch Ness. In 1933, 
An English couple on vacation experienced a most unusual sighting. While driving to the small town of Foyers, the couple saw Nessie on land. As they navigated the winding road, up ahead they noticed a disturbance in the brush. They watched as an enormous animal with a grotesquely long neck emerged. Moving in an unnaturally jerking fashion, it lumbered across the roadway. From about 200 yards away, the couple estimated the creature was at least six feet long, moving on four odd-looking legs. They reported that its neck undulated in the manner of a scenic roadway and was a terrible dark elephant gray, of a loathsome texture, reminiscent of a snail. It seems that Nessie might have made a habit of escaping the lock. In 1934, a young man named Arthur Grant was nearly thrown from his motorcycle when he rode around a curve and nearly collided with the creature, which he described as having an eel-like head with oval eyes, a long neck, a large bulky body, and flipper-like legs. He guessed the creature was about 18 to 20 feet long. He watched as it scrambled away from the road and back into the lock, and decided the creature most closely resembled a plesiosaur, with skin like a seal. That same year, off the coast of South Pender Island, two hunters had a terrifying encounter with an aquatic cryptid. After bringing down a duck, the two men Cyril Andrews and Norman Georgeson rode out to retrieve the bird. As their boat cut through the water, they noticed something alarming, an unfamiliar shape rising up out of the water. When Georgeson and Andrews were only a few feet away from the duck, a scaly horse-like head burst upward, swallowing the bird with a mouth full of jagged teeth. The men quickly rowed ashore and called for witnesses. Several others arrived in time to see the creature the hunters described. Large, gray in color, and undulating like a snake through the water, only about 20 yards away. The serpent-like creature suddenly dived beneath the water and did not resurface. Ogopogo is another well-known aquatic cryptid said to live in Okanagan Lake. The lake is directly connected to the Pacific Ocean via the Columbia River, and cryptozoologists think it's likely Ogopogo is a deep-sea creature who, for whatever reason, decided to relocate. Like his cousin Nessie, Ogopogo is described as being large and snake-like, but with a forked tail. He has been sighted hundreds of times since the 1700s, and some accounts allege that Ogopogo is only one of many serpent-like cryptids that make their home in the lake. In 1971, in Newport, Arkansas, a cluster of strange sightings brought national attention to the area surrounding the White River. A group of fishermen were casting lines off of the White River Bridge when, according to lumberjack Cloyce Warren, this giant form rose to the surface and began moving in the middle of the river, away from the boat. 
It was very long and gray-colored. We had taken a little Polaroid swinger camera with us to take pictures of fish we caught. I grabbed the camera and managed to get a picture right before it submerged. It appeared to have a spiny backbone that stretched for 30 or more feet. It was hard to make out exactly what the front portion looked like, but it was awful large, and I'd never seen anything like it. Several similar sightings occurred in the following weeks, but the quick-moving creature, dubbed the White River Monster, was impossible to identify. When it comes to monsters of the deep, research biologist Dr. Roy P. Mackle is a believer. Intrigued by centuries-old legends of river monsters in Central Africa, Mackle and crocodile specialist James Powell Jr. planned a research trip to the wilds of the Congo. Mackle and Powell spent the initial part of their trip interviewing eyewitnesses. They began with a man named Furman Mosomele, who said he'd seen a river monster near the town of Epena nearly 45 years before. When shown a large picture book of animals, Mosomele excitedly gestured to a Triassic sauropod, identifying it as being nearly identical to the creature that he had seen. The scientists next interviewed a woman from the Apena region, who confirmed that not only was the creature frequently sighted, there was more than one. She herself had seen two of them in Lake Tele, not long before the scientists' arrival. Hunter Nicholas Mondongo saw one up close as it rose up out of the river near the village of Bondeco. He described it as having a long tail and neck, and its large scaly head was topped with some sort of mane or comb. He estimated the creature was over 30 feet in length. Mondongo called the creature Mokele Mbembe, Mackle and Powell, along with a group of other scientists, launched an expedition deep into the wild jungle to search for the Mokele Mbembe. They found huge footprints, according to Dr. Mackle, along with a wide swath of bent and flattened vegetation. The track led to a river. The footprints were as large as an elephant's, but the track of flattened brush would suggest that the trail was made by a reptilian creature taller and larger than any known crocodile. They weren't lucky enough to spot the creature themselves, but Dr. Mackle came back from the trip thoroughly convinced of its existence. During my research for this episode, I was lucky enough to come across several accounts I'd never heard before about unexplained land cryptids. In 1625, a rare book was published a compilation of journal entries and travel writings. English explorer Andrew Battle wrote to his friend Samuel Purchase about a monster he had encountered in the African jungle, and this account was included in the book. Battle described a mysterious beast called the Pongo and wrote, This Pongo is proportioned like a man, but is more like a giant in stature. He is very tall, with a man's face, hollow eyes, and long hair upon his brows. His face, ears, and hands are without hair, but the rest of his body is covered in fur of a dunnish color. They go many together, and kill many men that travel through the woods. 
These pongos are never taken alive, because they are so strong that ten men cannot hold on to one of them. In 1855, people all along the English countryside were terrorized by a cryptid of another sort. They were sure they had been visited by the devil himself. On a cold winter morning, thousands of unidentifiable prints were found in the snow across 18 different villages. The prints resembled small horseshoes, but they ran close together in straight lines. The prints covered a span of nearly 100 miles, crossing a river and circling around homes and businesses. In some places, the tracks looked to have passed through walls. The entire county of Devon was gripped with fear, scared to go out after dark, lest they encounter whatever beast made the unusual tracks. In my first episode about creatures and cryptids, I discussed the history and legend of Bigfoot at length, but I have yet to cover his distant cousin, the Yeti. One of my favorite accounts comes from British mountaineers Michael Ward and Eric Shipton. In 1951, after exploring Mount Everest, the men found themselves on the icy slopes of the Menlung Glacier. It was here they discovered an alarming set of fresh footprints. They resembled a man's bare foot, but not quite. They were 13 inches long and much broader than the width of their hiking boots. The prints were made by a bipedal creature, most certainly. Where the tracks crossed a crevasse, Shipton later wrote, one could see quite clearly where the creature had jumped and used its toes to secure purchase on the snow on the other side. In 1979, during an expedition to Nepal, Two other mountaineers, John Edwards and Dr. John Allen, found what looked to be a campsite up at 17,000 feet. Unusual, because they hadn't encountered a soul on their entire climb. They found strange, human-like tracks in the snow, but before they could investigate further, they were terrified by a piercing, inhuman scream, a wail that lasted five or ten seconds they quickly made their way back down the mountain. The next day, the rest of the group hiked up together to investigate the campsite. Team leader John White photographed the site and noted that there were many tracks of varying sizes, suggesting the presence of multiple creatures. I am convinced there is an animal up there that is not yet recorded by naturalists, White told People magazine. One of the most recent documented Yeti sightings was in the fall of 2016 in Russia near the Ural Mountains. And this time, the Yeti was caught on tape. In the dashboard video, you can hear people talking excitedly in Russian, and the word Yeti is mentioned multiple times. After about 45 seconds, an enormous, blurry figure darts out across the snowy road. While the validity of the video is open to interpretation, the occupants of the vehicle are adamant about what they saw. Have you ever seen a cryptid? Perhaps you've encountered a Sasquatch on a hike in Washington, or seen something frightening in the waters of Vermont. If you have an unexplained experience that you'd like to share, I'm currently accepting listener submissions on my Southern Grimoire Facebook page.
This week's episode of Southern Grimoire has been brought to you by Cryptid Crate. If you enjoy the spooky, the strange, and the unexplained, check out Cryptid Crate, the first and only supernatural and cryptozoology-themed monthly subscription box. Follow them on Instagram at Cryptid Crate for more information. That's all for this chapter of Southern Grimoire. For more information on creatures and cryptids, find me on Instagram at Southern Grimoire or follow my Facebook page. Until next time, listeners, always remember, there is no darkness that cannot be overcome by light. <laughs>